In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome back to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your weekly rundown of everything that's happening in the news explained by our two funniest friends. Which is us. Yes, it is. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the government shutdown, which is still fucking going, um, the two bombshell articles that dropped this weekend about Trump and Russia, and Congressman Steve King. Is he a racist? Yes. Who could ever know? Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! We are just getting to be pros at that new intro, aren't we? I know. I love it. I'm really excited about the new intro. Very exciting. Okay, so let's get right into it. Brian, what's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, um, there has been a breakthrough in the case against Alex Jones. Um, Sandy Hook families are suing Alex Jones because he made up a bunch of shit. Basically, Alex Jones is the guy who started InfoWars, and he's a conspiracy theorist. Right. Basically, his conspiracy was that the Sandy Hook kids did not die, that the whole thing was faked, and that they're, the kids were crisis actors and that they are all alive. Yeah. So the, the plaintiffs, which is the families, um, they allege that a years long campaign of abusive and outrageous false statements in which Jones and the other defendants have developed, amplified and perpetuated claims that the Sandy Hook massacre was staged and that the 26 families who lost loved ones that day are paid actors who faked their relatives deaths. Yeah, so basically they're holding him responsible because what they're saying is that he subjected them and their families to physical confrontations, harassment, death death threats, and personal attacks on social media, which should give you some insight into Alex Jones' fan base because they're the types of people who would do that. Yeah, they were like, his fans were like going to Newtown where the uh, shooting took place and like filming the people mourning and like going to their houses and asking questions. Like, and these, these parents are like, stop asking me to really relive the fucking worst day of my life yeah it's really fucked up it's really sad and fucked up so this is not this is not like they they didn't win the the case against him necessarily Mm -hmm. but basically this was a big deal this was a discovery ruling which basically means that the judge gives the plaintiffs aka the families access to any communication jones had about the newton massacre and to documents that could point to the inner workings of Infowars. so that would include their internal marketing and financial documents and so that they can understand how Infowars works and how he has basically built a business Mm -hmm. on discrediting suffering people and spreading conspiracy theories aka it's not a conspiracy theory i i don't i don't like using a conspiracy theory as a term when you could just use the word lie yeah because it's a lie it's not a conspiracy and the the most fucked up thing about this is is like he's aware that he's lying he's not he doesn't believe any of the shit that he says and he is peddling like like violence like racism like so just some just to recap some of alex jones's conspiracies he suggested the 9-11 attacks were an inside job and he all, he's also um, spread the theory that Hillary Clinton was part of a Washington pizzeria checks out of checks child sex abuse ring. 
Um, he also says he believes Miss Clinton is a genuine avatar of Satan. He's also claimed that the U.S. government puts chemicals in the water supply to turn people gay so they don't have children. That's just so ridiculous. And then, you know, but you know who likes him? Trump. Uh, President Trump. In 2015, he raised InfoWars profile because he sat down for an interview with Mr. Jones during his presidential campaign. And then after he won, he called Alex Jones and thanked him for his help to get him there. Oh, he definitely did. He like secured that crackpot vote like real hard. He locked them up. Do you remember what? But do you remember like a few years ago, Alex Jones like sat for a case and he Mm -hmm. basically, he knows he's lying. Yeah. And he, his defense of himself was like, Alex Jones is a character. Yeah named alex jones yeah. and that and therefore his statements that he as a person alex jones makes cannot be like confused with what the character alex jones makes on his yeah. talk show which is like honestly pretty ingenious as a defense if it wasn't such utter bullshit but it's also funny because it's like his 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 supporters and his followers like didn't care that he said that that was during when he was going through his divorce proceedings and um, right. and his wife wanted to cut full custody of either their their children which I think she got well as a way to make himself sound definitely sane and should someone who should and like someone who should be responsible for children that's yeah. a great defense you're not like Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report like right that's not which you. Is obviously a satire yeah. and also not hurting anyone yeah you're not an obvious satire you're a fucking lying psycho shit. <laughs> yeah what about you Sammy what's getting you through the week um. This is, I don't know if this is getting me through the week, but it's getting me anxious through the week. Um, the, the shutdown's still going. No end in sight. It's officially the longest one in history. And what's sort of, I sort of this weekend had like a little bit of a turn. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it was like coupled with the fact that people who were supposed to get paid did not get paid. And it was like not resolved in sort of like a, ni- a neat little bow with like a happily ever after situation, which like had they ended on Thursday, these people could have gotten paid. They could have gotten back pay. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't have really done much for the people who are private contractors, but at least some people would have been helped. I sort of have started to feel that this is now intentional and that Trump knows he cannot end it. Or he knows that he can't like he's not getting his wall mm-hmm. and then he can't really do much about it. And now he's just kind of like, you know what? This is great, though, because it splits half the conversation between, you know, the fact that he's a Russian asset. Mm-hmm. And then you also have like the shutdown, which gives him another stage to perform on. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just it doesn't. There, and there's uh, there's no signs of it ending. Like, no, it ne- doesn't. Neither side are, is backing down. And just usually once like polling and you know general commentary starts coming back people start to sway their decisions and that is not happening because like most recent polling is showing that most americans blame trump for the shutdown because remember in december in the oval office he said he would own the shutdown and now he's trying to blame the democrats but he, he also f- said Mexico would pay for the wall. Then yeah. he said he was kidding about that. Yeah. Like, not kidding, but like. He also was going to sign a bill until that, that would fund the government without funding the wall until Ann Coulter and, you know, Hannity said he should, he should, he shouldn't back down. And then he didn't. Um, anyway, so yeah, most Americans blame Trump for the shutdown. 55% say Trump is more responsible for the shutdown than our, than Democrats are. 32 say, 32% blame the rest on Democrats. Nine say both. Both sides. Both sides. I fucking hate the both sides. People. I know. Um, but even the wall is not like necessarily something that people support. 50, 56% of people oppose the wall. 39% of people favor it. And I even feel that the wall is a metaphor to most Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. And then if he told them like we could do it without a wall, they would definitely listen. Yeah. But for him, the wall is a symbol of his manhood. Yeah. 
I don't know fucking why. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, cause it's like upright and tall. Like, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, for, so that's what it is for him. So he won't get yeah. over it. But again, the real person to blame cause he could end it is Mitch McConnell. Yeah. The, the week before the shutdown, the Senate did pass that continuing resolution to fund the government. 100 to 0. Every 100 single zero. person, including Mitch McConnell, voted for it. Yeah. So if he wanted to bring that exact same bill up again, there's literally zero reason why they wouldn't support it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, also, three Republican senators, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Cory Gardner, have suggested that they would break with Trump and support appropriations bills that don't include wall funding. So there yeah. is increasing support for mm-hmm. just like stopping the shutdown. Like it's really not sanity. good. Let's call for sanity. So it's call like there's like sanity. there's like only a few ways that this will end. It's like Trump caves in, Trump concedes, doesn't really seem he likely. He needs an off ramp. Congress concedes doesn't seem like uh, Democrats. I mean, don't, concedes doesn't seem likely. They can't concede. Um, enough Republicans leave and over th- overpower his veto power or whatever it is, um, which doesn't seem like Mitch McConnell either. would have to bring the bill. Yeah, or they're declaring a, ma- a national emergency. How would that fund the government? That doesn't end yeah. the shutdown because they declare a national emergency. Well, I, I don't know. I there don't is know no national means. emergency. You can't say something's an emergency and then wait weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> to talk about it. That's uh, not an emergency. Also, they had two years to declare, like, to, like, figure this out when they controlled the three branches of government. I just don't understand how his 39% or 32% of the, the people blaming Democrats don't get that. Like you had 100% control of every branch of government for two years. Didn't get what you wanted. Why would it happen now? Yeah. It's so, it is so silly. So silly. And like the people are like, what, what if, what if they include DACA, um, like rights for dreamers, protections for dreamers in it. The thing about that is we can't trust Trump to, to his word. He'll like undo it the next day. Yes. Like, be like, I don't want it. He's like, ha, psych. Yeah. <laughs> he literally would. He would definitely scream psych. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into our main news. Yeah. Um, one thing I just wanted to, before we get, I just want to drop this one little news line. Julian Castro officially, mm-hmm. um, announced his, his, that he's running t- as a Democratic candidate in 2020. He was Obama's former head of um, housing and urban development. And he has a an identical twin in Congress, yeah. Joaquin Castro. Just fun fact about he him. He seems like a good option. He's yeah. like progressive. He says that his first act would be to rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, which is like, no shit. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, good option. Yeah, we, we like we like choices. We like good choices. Yeah, good. He is a good choice. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the... Um, two bombshell pieces that came out this weekend from the New York times and the Washington post. It's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. Um, so the first, this came out on Friday. Um, an article came from the New York times that basically said that the FBI had opened a counterintelligence investigation into whether or not Trump was working with Russia after he fired James Comey. And this is just coming out now. And so I know that this, this sounds like it should be information that we already know, but before it was like, uh, there was go betweens. There were like like it was like Paul did Paul Manafort do this? Like did, like you know what I mean? Like like uh, we were investigating Paul Manafort and Michael Flynn because we had we knew that there was like direct coordination. Now it's like oh they were like actually investigating Trump if he was a Russian asset. Yes. After that, which is a really crazy crazy thing. Yeah. Like the fact that this is imagine if like Bill like someone. Imagine if the FBI FBI was secretly investigating whether or not Bill Clinton was a Russian asset. Yeah. Like that would be the craziest headline yeah. ever. It would be the biggest scandal hands down to ever happen. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so, like, yeah. if this reporting is right, it basically it means that Trump has been the main target of the investigation since the beginning of this whole since the Mueller since the beginning of the Mueller investigation. And if it's just coming out now that Mueller Mueller probably kept it covered for a while, I would not be surprised if this gets like uglier very quickly yeah because he's probably freaking out now because yeah. first of all the whole thing with james comey was that james comey had told him he was not a target of the investigation but he wouldn't officially announce it because then if he did become one he would have to be like there has been a status change yeah and now he is a target of the investigation but so when he was firing comey he wanted to write in his like firing letter like thank you for telling me three times that i'm not a target of the investigation yeah but it's funny that that act is what got, got him, him to actually be a target mm -hmm. the, so the fbi says that there were two things that led him that led them to start this investigation this was even before helsinki yeah one was his conversation with lester holt where he brings up russia as one of the reasons for firing him yeah and the second thing was i think that letter uh -huh. that he wanted to write Mm -hmm. before it wasn't allowed to get written yeah that where he was saying like where he kept mentioning russia and saying that that was a part of it but then i think it was rod rosenstein who convinced him to write that the reason they were firing him was because of his handling of hillary's emails yeah but then he also when the russian ambassador came into the like into the white house he also said oh now we don't now we don't have to worry about that russia thing he's right and he was like i fired that nut job meaning james comey so he really is like terrible he's so bad at being a criminal yeah um okay the follow-up to this was that on saturday night big saturday night for for donald yeah um he went on janine Pirro's show on fox and was like screaming on the phone Basically, she asked him sarcastically, have you ever worked with Russia, Mr. Trump? Oh, yeah. Well, and he didn't even like say no. Yeah. Okay, we're going to play the clip. Yeah. We're going to play the clip to his response. The investigation was whether you were actively working for Russia or unwittingly. So I'm going to ask you, are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most <laughs> insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, and if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. Okay. So as you can see, he does not say no to the question. He just says that it is an insulting question and that the New he basically insults the New York Times, um, which is pretty weird. Um, yeah. And then... That's a, simple, that's a simple yes or no question. He could have been like, mm, no. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, no, I'm insulted. But he didn't say no. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess he must have heard that that was like not the best answer. Mm -hmm. This morning he had a press conference. I saw you were watching it. Yeah. I did not have time. What did he <laughs> say? I was watching it on mute, to be honest, because um, I just like sometimes I, I hear him talk and I start to get a headache and I just mute it. So I did not fully listen to it. But we do have a clip from that, which we'll play right now. I never worked for Russia. And you know that answer better than anybody. I never worked for Russia. Not only did I never work for Russia, I think it's a disgrace that you even asked that question because it's a whole big fat hoax. It's just a hoax. So there's that. Yeah. He says he's never worked for Russia and that he's, it's a terrible question. He spent the whole weekend tweeting. Mm -hmm. um, here was one that I thought was interesting. He's like gas. He was quoting Fox and friends about how gas prices have dropped across the United States because president Trump has deregulated energy. And now we're producing a great deal more oil than ever before. And he's basically like, if this is bad news for Russia, why would president Trump do such a thing? Thought he worked for the Kremlin, like third personing himself. Yeah. It's like, first of all, like that is, nothing to do with this he keeps saying i'm the toughest on russia ever i'm the yeah. toughest president on russia it's like no you're, no, you're not. not you wouldn't even say in helsinki that 
maybe they had interfered in the election, even though 17 of your own intelligence agencies yeah. said so. He was like, and this just happened this past summer. Apparently, he's, yeah, he's still he's still trying to like like tip the tip the like toe the line of if Russia did it or if Russia did not. And it's like, why are you towing the fucking line? Like everyone unanimous, unanimously agrees. And like the only thing that Paul Manafort, like the big thing Paul Manafort brought to, you know, the Republican convention when he was uh, running Trump's campaign was they wanted to take away sanctions. They wanted to get rid of the sanctions that Obama had put on Russia for invading and annexing Crimea. And that was the only thing that changed in the whole platform, in the whole platform. It wasn't like anything else on any other issue. Nothing like, about immigration, nothing about gay rights, yeah. nothing about pro-life or pro pro-choice. Like literally not one part of the platform was changed except for the policy towards Russia, which is just sketchy. <laughs> it's like when we look back about on this, all the fucking shit that has happened, it's crazy. Like, like, you know, you, the Trump tower meeting, all this stuff. And just thinking about the fact that Michael Flynn, Papadopoulos, and uh, even Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, Michael Cohen, have all been cooperating oh, this whole yeah. time now. It's crazy. I know. I mean, I I also have theories that other people are cooperating. Like, I have a feeling Rex Tillerson, Jeff Sessions, like yeah. Jeff Sessions was in that meeting, mm-hmm. and he's like not the kind of guy who's not going to do what's best for him. Like mm-hmm. he's been a politician forever. Like I don't really see him having true loyalty to Trump after, especially after Trump humiliated him countless times at this point. Like I can't even remember all the times he I humiliated know. Jeff Sessions. So if I were Jeff Sessions, I'm like, I'm going to save my own ass. Cause I was in this meeting. Therefore I'm potentially culpable for any of these things. So I'm going to tell him every single thing that I knew happened. I wonder what Jeff Sessions is doing now. Like he could have been, he- I think he's been cooperating, but like not as a cooperator because yeah. maybe there's nothing they could bring against him as a charge. But like, yeah. well, I mean, he did lie in, in testimony. Oh, in that's, the, oh, he did lie. Right. Right. Yeah. right. He did. He it's says he never track. met with, he never met with the ambassador. Kislyak and, and he did Ugh, it's so he hard says to keep he, track. he just I could not recall I wonder no, but I mean like anything. I wonder like what he's actually doing like physically because like he could have just stayed a senator from Alabama and been happy and then he got in touch with <laughs> Trump and then he got fired and now he's just well you know he's not sitting know. on his couch smoking weed and watching Netflix because he hates weed yeah maybe he's just probably praying. Netflix he's probably praying somewhere he needs to pray yeah. you should keep praying um so se- the second story ties into this first story really nicely mm-hmm. um the washington post on i think it was either sunday morning or saturday, yeah, I think su- it was saturday night maybe. saturday night or sunday morning came out with an with another bombshell article basically revealing that trump purposely tried to conceal details of his encounters with putin even from his own administration so in general there is no record at all not even a classified one of trump's interactions with putin in five different locations over the past two years and this gap is very out of character for any president usually when presidents meet with a, any foreign leader whether it's a, the biggest enemy or yes. just an ally like just a little nothing ally you're gonna have records you're gonna mm-hmm. have aides you're gonna have the interpreter's notes you're gonna have the aides notes mm-hmm. and then the reason for that is not just so that you can like verify what was said it's also so that the people in the government can then go implement a policy in accordance with what was discussed and also then this way the other country can't be like oh they said this so they're now they're not doing like so like so they could be like russia be like um they told us that the americans have a um a a house on the moon right and we would be like we can't dispute that because there's no record of it right there's no like this is a 
deeply dangerous thing to yeah. not have notes of what you're saying to another country. Like that's your security. You basically maintain your security by having um, like good foreign policy with other countries because that's how you make, that's how you have allies who will help you fight any potential threats. Yeah. That's how you know what your enemies are thinking or doing or what their motives are so that you can then counteract those in some way. Yeah. This is like extremely dangerous. Yeah. So, and he, so he even like went so far as to take the interpreter's note and told him not to discuss the conversation with anyone in his in administration. Like not even like the secretary of state or like the top officials could know. Don't, they don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. No one knows except Trump, the interpreter and Putin. Right. So what are the people, if, if they don't have any notes or any like, con- like concrete, I don't know explanation of what the policy is i don't really understand how they're supposed to like how anyone in the government is supposed to implement any sort of yeah anything and some of these meetings like weren't even announced and like no. they would just go into a private room and talk for like an hour and a half did you see that footage of them sitting down at that dinner with all like the world leaders and and trump and putin are like on opposite sides and trump is like signaling like back and forth to them and going like no like, like fist like fist like bumping kind Shut of up. I need to see and, that. and angela merkel is like like sitting between them like looking back and forth really quickly to try and see like what their reactions are you have to show that to me i'll post it yeah that literally feels like a real housewives dinner it's like oh you didn't save me a scene in the corner yeah now i'm next to this bitch i know it was it, she just yeah. started this season okay um so this whole thing with the taking of the interpreter's notes happened after a meeting with putin in 2017 in hamburg where where um secretary of state at the time rex tillerson was also there and they found out that Tillerson so Tillerson did a readout of the from the press of like uh-huh. his own notes but the notes didn't really contain like all the information and he didn't he also didn't give a readout to like other senior administration officials he just read it to the press mm-hmm. and there was at least one thing missing and one of the critical thing that they know is missing because the inter- this is the one thing the interpreter gave away like said mm-hmm. was that they asked the interpreter um, what did what did Trump say when Putin said that he didn't interfere in the election? Mm-hmm. And the interpreter said that Trump said, I believe you. But that was missing from Rex Tillerson's readout. So like no one knew that except yeah. for the interpreter. And I guess, well, when, whoever when he they said had, it to. when they, when he had that um, co- press conference with uh, Putin in Helsinki, uh, they asked him straight up and he's like, I, I, I really respect our uh, our intelligence agencies, but Putin, he told me he didn't do it, and I believe him. He's he's like, like he says it so genuinely. He's a genuine guy. He's a fucking he's a KGB agent. agent. <laughs> he's he's a authoritarian like spy. Yeah, he's a spy. He's he's, gonna, he's probably one of the best liars ever. Putin. I mean, look what he's done. He's the richest man in the world. Literally, he started out as just like a lowly KGB spy. And he's actually the. That's not an exaggeration. He's actually probably yeah. the richest man in the world. No, we he is. We don't know how much money he has, but it's he has enough. He has a he lot. He can buy a few more elections. And so that, that 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 was the meeting, the Helsinki meeting, that like actually got some Republicans to be pissed off. But most notably, John McCain called it one of the most disgraceful performances by an American president in memory. R.I.P. Um, and well, we like you know prisoners of war who aren't captured. Yeah, you so. know. So now that um, the House Foreign Affairs Committee um, said they will investigate that closed door meeting as well, they're going to investigate all the closed doors meeting. But this also comes at a sim- at around the same time that Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, is moving to lift sanctions against companies controlled by an influential Russian oligarch, intensifying a new line of scrutiny of the administration's handling of Russia policy. Why are we like? Why would you do anything with Russia? at right. this point like it's just like just 
you guys are you guys are making it so obvious just stop touching it <laughs> right i just right, i know i just want to give steve mnuchin a special shout out so i've been listening to sarah kenzier uh-huh. her gaslit nation podcast mm-hmm. it's incredible we had her as a guest on our new year's day episode where she addressed the topic about conservatives trying to rewrite the constitution behind our backs yeah so if you guys want to listen to that bonus episode it's a really really good one but she is an incredible journalist and she just did an episode I think the other day where she was talking about like the people who are left in the administration are pretty much all people who are either like bought into this, Mm -hmm. like bought into the scandal or they, they are kind of like, you know, they are somehow involved in Mm -hmm. a way that's like, you know, all the people who are out sort of had to, they're not as complicit as the people who are still in. And Steve Mnuchin is one of them. Another thing that she wanted to kind of like, that she kind of touched on is like, what does everyone have on Mitch McConnell? Like where's Mitch McConnell's money? Who were his connections? Like, why are these, why are these people the the ones who are still there and still willing to peddle this? Yeah. Like what the fuck do they have on Lindsey Graham? They must have some shit on Lindsey Graham. I saw suggested on Twitter that it was, that it's like, not that he's gay, but it's some like sexual kink. But again, that's something I saw on Twitter and like you could see anything on Twitter. Yeah. But again, Um, it wouldn't seem that crazy to me. Speaking of sexual kinks, I'm going to plug my other podcast, Everyone's Gay. That's the theme of our episode that's coming out today. So if you guys want to listen to some more about some sexual kinks, listen to Everyone's Gay podcast. Yes. Anyways. um, But the thing with like Lindsey Graham is he would like shit on um, Trump before and then something just switched. Like John McCain died and he became like. John McCain was no longer holding him back. Yeah. And then he was like. Build the wall. It was so weird. He He's saying that we should declare a national emergency. He said that a few times in the past few days. Yeah, it's, he's really weird. It's really dangerous. Like, yeah. he's going to regret. He even, like, said, like, if, if we get Trump, we will get what we deserved. Yeah. And, yeah, you he's did. Gonna, Lindsey Graham's going to get what he deserves. Yeah. I, I. It's like, they're on my shit list. Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. like, all these people. Okay, let's move on to one more thing. Okay. Um. So, one more thing is you... Uh, may have heard about Steve King. He's a congressman in the Republican Party, and he is racist. Recently, he made a statement to the New York Times, and basically, he thought it was wrong that white nationalism and white supremacy were considered offensive. The direct quote is, white nationalists, white supremacists, Western civilization, how did that language become offensive? And then... uh commenting and then he made a comment on the newly elected people of color in the democratic party he said you could look over there and think the democratic party is no country for white men yeah okay what (laughs) yeah first of all like you're white i know for whatever reason um this is like so he he has been saying racist shit forever yeah since he's been in public eye and for whatever reason this one is getting republicans to be like no sorry bob like um McCarthy, uh, he said that like there's no place in Congress for this. Um, he says the language has no place in America. Uh, he didn't specify, but he said that there could be some uh, ramifications. He could strip King of his committee assignments or implement or seek some other form of punishment. Um, but the thing is, he has said some fucked up things in the past. Um, wh- apparently, at one point, he said blacks and Latinos will be fighting each other before the United States become a major majority minority nation in September of 2016. He said black people could afford abortions if they stopped buying iPhones. Even though he's anti-abortion. Yeah. And then in June, um, he retweeted a post by Mark Collett um, and d- d- uh, declined to delete the tweet. Um, basically, it questioned the Holocaust, wants to separate the continents by races, blames slavery on Jews, mocks interracial children, 
wrote a book embracing national socialism and once called himself a Nazi sympathizer. So if you're not a wealthy white man, Steve King is coming for you. But what's weird about what is also really weird about this whole situation is that the coverage of it is not very equal. It's like the represent uh, representative Rashida Tlaib. Uh, she made the impeach the motherfucker announcement and that received five times more coverage on CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC combined than um, Representative Steve King's controversial remarks about white supremacy. I can think of three reasons why. One is that she's a woman. Two is that she's not white. And three is that she is a Democrat. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I saw, I, I saw a really funny tweet regarding like his whole Western civilization comment. Mm -hmm. Someone was like, I dare anyone who's talking about Western civilization to read like, like to summarize like one book from the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly or don't like know identify a Bach concerta. Yeah. It means like, like Western European culture. Yeah. It's like one of art and music and like architecture and all that stuff, which like fine it is, but I don't think that inherent in those things has to be racism. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. Most artists are progressive. Yeah. That's like always how it's been. Yeah. Like artists and scientists have always been the most progressive. That is the basis of Western civilization. There, in fact, most of the time authority was anti these artists and like all these Western civilization I don't know, people that he wants to like as affiliate himself with. Uh -huh. Most of those people were defying authority. Yeah. So I don't know. He doesn't seems like sense. he doesn't really know much about Western civilization. Yeah. Um, um, we have another one more quick thing. I have like two more quick things. Okay. Um, one, they're both very quick. One is that Michael Cohen is going to officially be testifying for the House Oversight Committee on February 7th. Save the date. I already have a calendar invite yeah. from Brian. Yeah. I saw it. I was like, I'm just going to make sure we remember and know and can plan for this. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, second one more thing or of mine is that R. Kelly, um, they basically... So apparently he lives in Trump Tower in Chicago. Yeah. And over the weekend, they went there to investigate to see if there were two women there that he was holding in Trump Tower, Chicago. I didn't know that. It was on our Instagram story, <laughs> but it's like pretty epic. So stay tuned. We'll let you know. If how you're that. wondering the kind of people who live in Trump Tower. It's yeah, it's literally like, like it's literally like home base for like pedophile sex rings, money <sighs> laundering, oligarchs from countries that are trying to undermine ours. So mm -hmm. it's a great place to live. Yeah. Saudi Arabians. I hear you can get a great deal. Yeah, probably. Yeah. At this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's even, still even allowed to be named Trump Tower. Yeah. All right. Um, this has been the Betches Sub Podcast. You guys should sign up for our email, betches.co slash sub sign up. Mm -hmm. If you refer your friends, we have a new referral program. Go to referral.betches.com. If you send your friends our unique link, if you, you know, get five, ten, one, five, ten, fifteen, twenty friends to sign up, you can win prizes like notebooks, makeup pouch, a portable wine glass, mm -hmm. a pop socket with Michelle Obama on it, mm -hmm. stickers. Tons of new things. Um, go to shopbetches or go to betches.co slash icons to get our mm -hmm. icons tea. Yep. And, and you know, just rate, review, and subscribe. Spread the word. You spread know? the word. When you when you do it, other people see it and they're like, okay, maybe I'll try this out. Yeah, this podcast has been growing a lot lately, thanks to you guys. So the more you post it, the more you tell people about it, we really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. If an egg can get eighteen million likes, we can get eighteen <laughs> million listeners. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Until the end of democracy. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. <laughs> and this has been the Batches Up Podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Betches.